first lesson today is from Romans in the New Testament, chapter 8, 26 to 39. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us. And will he not also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Jesus Christ who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who inter indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long, we are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now the Gospel. Would you please rise if you're able? This is from Matthew, chapter 13, verses 44 45. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. I'm going to stay up here because I think that's best for our mic right now. <laughs> so y'all forgive me about that. Um, but I want to ask our, our kids to help me out here a little bit, whether they're here in the sanctuary or with us online. I, I'm hoping you found the children's bulletins. For the rest of you, too, if you're interested, there's some children's bulletins that we've been putting together every week. And this week, you might have noticed there's some word searches on them. Did you guys find those? Yeah. So one of the things I noticed about word searches, and I'm wondering if you did too, 
if the word is on the right side, there should be all the letters in the word search. Have you been able to find all the words yet? You found all of them? Give me a thumbs up. You found a lot of them? Oh, you found a lot of one-letter words. Okay, well, there's a lot of one-letter words. That makes sense. And some of them are hard. One of the things I like about word searches, though, is if the word is on is listed, you should be able to find it in the word search. That's dependable. That's the kind of thing that you can depend on. It might take you a while. It might take quite a while sometimes to find the word that you're looking for. Have you come up with any strategies about how to find words when you're having a hard time? How'd you do it? today tell us. That's what Jesus wanted to teach, is he wanted to teach that the kingdom of God is always already there, even though it's not yet something we can fully know. So just like a word search, we know who Jesus is. The word is right there. I actually circled it on the front of the bulletin for you in case you were looking. I circled it in red for you. But it'll take some of your work, too, just like a word search does. And God invites us to do that kind of work. We call it discipleship, but just like a word search. Nothing is not there. All the ingredients, everything you need, is already there. So how about if we pray and ask God to help us as we seek God's kingdom. Would you pray with me? This one will be an echo where I say it first and I invite you to pray after me. Dear God, we thank you for the kingdom of God, which is already here and not yet fully here. Help us to be your disciples and follow you. Amen.
Thanks for helping me. I hope you get to find all of the, the words. If you do, see me afterwards. I have something for you. So friends, I have to tell you, sometimes good work can be a little bit boring. Maybe we're at that point in the summer or in the pandemic, quite frankly, where boredom can creep in, where the tedium and the time of doing the same thing for longer than we can remember begins to feel a little bit boring. Although we say it negatively, it's not all that bad, boring. In fact, I've heard it this way, boring boredom is a blank space where your attention can be cultivated. The marathon track, if you will, in which our minds learn to breathe properly and endure some extra strain. If we don't appreciate the quietude and the lack of stimulus, we'll never be able to have the ability to push through it. I think, though, that's why some of us who do word searches lose focus and just flip to the next page when we can't find all the words on the side. You know, if there's uh, about 20 words and we get 18 of them, we figure that's a pretty decent rate of words that we found. Any of you ever do that figure? I found most of them. That's pretty good. I like a good word seek and find like the next person. And I figured this out about people. There's different strategies to doing this. Some people go row by row, and if they're looking for the word Jesus on the front, they'll look for all the J's first and go around to try to find it. Some people will scan for the different letter combinations and see if they can find the, the S-U-S of Jesus. Others will look for double letters or unusual things. I even have heard of folks who flip the page upside down and see if they can figure it out from there. Whatever strategy works for you. The kingdom of God is like a word search where you seek and search until every word is found and then celebrate because it wasn't about finding the words. It was about seeking God and developing discipline and discipleship. They sound a lot alike along the way. You and I, we've been three weeks into these parables of Jesus, and we've been reformatting them a little bit to things we know a little bit more about than treasure in a field or pearls of great value. We've been using metaphors and similes, illustrations and descriptions. It's a little bit like high school English class when you're trying to connect with things you didn't quite understand by using words you knew a lot about. My love is like a red, red rose, kind of remember that one, or Hope is a thing with feathers, 
all of these descriptors you had to know at one point or another. This portion of Matthew is just like that. The comparisons that Jesus used with the disciples in order to tell a little bit more about this kingdom of heaven thing they weren't sure how to describe. In the scripture that Rick read for us, the treasure is found almost as if by accident. The adventurer discovers that the kingdom is right there, and he didn't even know it. The adventurer finds the pearl of great price. There's no sense of, let's hang back. Let's just see what happens for a while. It's no. We gotta jump on this thing. We we gotta keep going with it. Even though it's a high cost. I wanna dive right in. I think you and I in our culture like an awful lot about treasure stories, because good work is boring. We like the treasure stories about the maiden aunt who who dies and gives all of her possessions to a niece who's down on her luck, and we want her to find something in that that she can have as a treasure. The coat that had money in the pocket, and now she can pay off her debt. It's a rags-to-riches story. We like those kind of stories. Or the hard-working mechanic who frequents a flea market and always finds stones, and this one time he rubs off a stone and it ends up being a hundred-carat ruby. What were the chances of this? The story of the great value, hidden in plain sight, in the ordinary circumstances of our lives. We're told if we want to talk about heavenly things, we begin talking about earthly things. That's where we find the kingdom of heaven. In the places where God already is, right around us. And if we can't find God here, we won't find God elsewhere. So take the pearl, for example, we just heard about. I don't think the forming of the pearl was lost on the original audience. might be lost on us. I don't know a lot about how pearls get made, but I know this. Oyster shells need a small granule of sand. I do have a button here, huh? What did I do? There we go. Oyster shells have a small granule of sand in their bivalves to form a pearl. But the pearl at that time was far above the population. Most of the people hearing this didn't have pearls at home in the way you and I might in our jewelry boxes or our wives' jewelry boxes. Sure, the rich man who ignored Lazarus, he had pearls, I'm sure. Or the whore of Babylon, she had pearls. Other rulers, but not the shepherds. Not the carpenters, not the population at Nazareth, or the local people. They didn't have pearls. 
Do you remember the television show from back in the 80s and 90s, The Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous? Remember this one? With Robin Leach, who gave us this glimpse into these opulent, maybe sometimes a little obscene, houses with all kinds of things you'd never see anywhere else and always signed off with champagne wishes and caviar dreams. I think this is a bit of what we might have glimpsed right here. Pliny, the Roman historian, says this is the opulence that we had at the same time with Cleopatra and Mark Anthony. In fact, the story about pearls we get here is Cleopatra tells Mark Anthony that she could drink the equivalent of a million dollars at dinner. Can you imagine this? The way she did it is she had vinegar in a bowl. She took off a pearl earring and she dissolved a pearl into vinegar. Can't imagine it. And drank it. That's what pearls. That's how valuable pearls were at the time. Pearls were formed when something foreign to the oyster made its way inside and agitated and irritated the oyster enough to make something as beautiful as a pearl. The grain of sand is covered with this thing called narshal. might know more about this than I do and expands the oyster shell. So the merchant who wanted this pearl of great value is like today's venture capitalist or market speculator. I know the great thing when I come upon it. The treasure is hidden in plain sight, like the words in a word search and requires commitment and focus, dedication and devotion. You know, we have a word for people who have that kind of commitment and devotion to one thing. We've tended to call them geeks, right? We say a uh, geek is someone who, this is a definition I read recently, can out-talk your attention span on a given subject. I think that's a good thing, let me tell you. I think we might be too polite to say this about one another, but I think there's many of you who could out-talk my attention span on all kinds of things. I'm loving how much there's a love of music. I think there's some music geeks all over this place, thanks be to God. And I imagine also some folks who love dogs enough that they could out-talk my attention span on the dogs as well. And maybe do it yourself, uh, improving their homes as well. We used to only use it for young people when they were in school on biology or geometry or grammar. I could talk your ear off on the proper usage of an Oxford comma probably pretty easily. Most of you probably aren't that interested in the placement of commas, so it won't take 
too much to talk your ear off on that. But there's plenty that I wish I was an expert on. That's why we seek. And when we seek with God, we know we can find. The merchant found this as well. Dorothy Day wrote, What's the sense of this small effort? What is it, the pebble that causes only a small ripple? Or each one of our thoughts is like that, just a little bit. No one, however, has the right to sit down and feel like they're only one pebble. Each one makes a larger impact. You see, it'll keep going for me. I'm going to get better at this. There we go. Like the, like the pearl of great price and the treasure in the field. God is in plain sight. You cannot be separated from the love of Jesus. The message version says it even better. Not hard times and not troubles, not hatred or hunger, not bullying threats or backstabbing or the worst sin you can think of. So keep at it. Boring work and all. And none of this... Yeah, go. None of this phases Jesus. Because Jesus loves us that much. So I'm absolutely convinced that nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, nothing today and certainly nothing that's tomorrow, nothing high and nothing low, nothing you can think of and nothing you haven't yet even thought of. That says a lot for most of us. Absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our Master, has already embraced us. The kingdom of God is already here, like a word search that you and I have some discipleship to go ahead and begin to define. This, my friends, is the gospel it's the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.